Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, everybody, welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday, Hour 2 coming your way. We've got a condensed version of Sports Talk Saturday. Today we'll be kicking things over. We're going to replay for you after all. We uh, we have Pete Smith here of SI on the Wester Hotline. We're going to replay for you yesterday's RJ uh, ceremony, the, the banner-raising ceremony that uh, was just absolutely fantastic. So if you missed any of that, I know a lot of people that were watching the national broadcast on ESPN Plus did not get to see the pregame ceremony, so we're going to replay that for you coming up next. Before we do that we're going to chat with pete smith he's the editor of si browns digest and he's joining us on the western hotline to talk about what an offseason it's been for cleveland and uh, on uh, ironically it's not over yet pete uh pleasure to have you on as always thanks for being so gracious with your time on the weekend we uh we very much appreciate it over here love your insight um where do we start i, I usually don't let the guest choose where they want to start but i you know uh, who's to t- who am i to tell you where you should start talking about this offseason because there's just so many damn storylines well, I mean, look, it's Deshaun Watson is, is the story. Um, you don't have to care about the Browns to, 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 to know that's the biggest story going uh, for no other reason that 13 other teams were in on this uh, deal. The Browns were in the bottom, uh, you know, the last four options, and ultimately they were the one to get them. It cost them six picks, $230 million, and potentially credibility uh, as this goes on um, and, and the – Lawsuits continue to go. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen with this. There's no indication on on uh, timeline for either the cases themselves or the possibility of a uh, suspension, given the fact that uh, the NFL is probably not going to suspend Watson until there's a resolution of these cases. His uh, determination at this point is that he's going to fight these, um, and in part – the thought process may be that he's going to try to outlast his accusers. And obviously he just got an influx of quite a bit of cash to be able to do that. Mm. Um, That may be part of the thought process is they delay, delay, delay. And this just draws out that the people suing him may not be able to keep this going. And he may win by virtue of that. And if that happens, Pete, I, it, it, listen, I mean, the whole process has felt I, – I, I don't know who said this. It was yesterday or two days ago I saw it, and, and maybe it was somebody on ESPN maybe, but it was, you know, wrong player, wrong time for this contract and, and, and this $230 million guaranteed. And listen, like, 
part of the thing that I find even ickier than the things that, you know, that Watson is being accused of doing and the the things that people are willing to do to overlook it because he's a great quarterback. And it maybe this oh okay, it was it was another team's general manager. And again, I'm it's 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 escaping me who it ended up being. But Ultimately, Pete, I left that thinking, yeah, you know, he's right. It was This is a player that should not have gotten that money, and it's not the right time for him to get it. Um, having said that, I think what he really meant to say is he didn't get an opportunity to give him that money. Otherwise, he probably would have done it too. So because he wasn't the guy that gave Deshaun Watson all that guaranteed money, he's going to throw stones. And, and I do wonder... How is how does this come off for Browns fans, the ones that do like this move? Because I think there are people, there are plenty of Browns fans who hate the move for very good reason. I think there's also lots of Browns fans that love the move because he's Deshaun Watson and he's a great, he's a top five quarterback the second he walks into the room. But, you know, the $230 million guarantee changing the landscape of not just the quarterback position and how it'll be paid out moving forward, but generally I think it's going to change the way NFL contracts are created do you get the sense and do you actually believe Pete that Deshaun Watson decided that he wanted to play for the Browns before they were the team that offered him the most guaranteed money in NFL history by almost 75 million dollars or do you believe that he really did eliminate the Browns and the Browns were the first and only team to say we're going to give you 230 million guaranteed and that's what changed his mind because I'm of the mind he could tell me till he's blue in the face that he decided that after he told the Browns that they were no longer in the running, that he simply just went back because he thought he made a mistake. I, I just I th- feel like it was a pretty disingenuous, and it kind of fits the bill of the of, of sort of his storytelling over the last year, year, two, year and a half. I have every reason to believe that money was a factor. I mean, it, it, ha- it, it would be a factor for me. I mean, yeah, would, of course. It's a, factor, it's a factor for everybody. So, um you know, it, I, I wouldn't have blamed him if he said, you know, look, money's a factor and, and, and it, it plays a role in everything I do. Um, <laughs> certainly that, that that's important. Um, why they felt the need to do that, I don't know. I mean, look, he can certainly say that, uh, you know, originally I, I wasn't looking at the right things, which is what he said. Um, and then coming back to look at the roster and saying, hey, there's, you know, there's Miles Garrett. There's, you know, they just got Amari Cooper. They've got this great offensive line. They've got Nick Chubb. They've got Kareem Hunt. They've got uh, David Njoku coming back. Mm-hmm. They, he can look at all those things and say, yeah, these are really good, co- compelling reasons. And they're certainly more compelling than going to Atlanta that has, a, a, you know, a rookie tight end and little else, but better weather and is home. I, I'm willing to listen to that. That, sure. that part's fine. You could absolutely say that he, he was looking at the wrong things and, and that played a role. But $75 million talks. I mean, that's just how it goes. And um, to the question of is this going to change how contracts work moving forward? Probably, but only for the people who can afford to dictate terms like this. You know, you get, you know the Bills just resigned Isaiah McKenzie not too long ago. Isaiah McKenzie's not getting a fully guaranteed deal for, you know, what the length of his contract. It's going to be for the primetime guys that can, can, can dictate terms, quarterbacks in, in particular, but maybe, maybe we see wide, a top wide receiver. Maybe we see a top pass rusher able to get these type of things. But ultimately, the top guys are always sort of able to do that. The, the guys in the middle, the guys at the bottom, they, they're going to potentially either have no change or they're going to get even less money than they were before because the, the top money goes to the, the top guys. That's just how that, that type of thing goes. 
So how does Deshaun Watson fundamentally change Kevin Stefanski's offense? Because I, I just I, I I would have a hard time buying that you're bringing Deshaun Watson in to throw the ball 26 times a game. And, and I know a lot of that is a product of, you know, the previous quarterback, Baker Mayfield, being there. We'll talk about him in a few minutes. But, like, how does Kevin Stefanski – and maybe change is the wrong word, but maybe more so evolve with the skill set that Deshaun Watson has. Because I don't believe that this should be – at all a under center traditional bootleg style offense now you know I, I think Deshaun Watson is far better suited from an athletic perspective and from a, just an overall skill set perspective to run Stefanski's Kubiak style uh, you know uh, passing offense and passing scheme but I just because he can run it better than Baker doesn't mean that's the right fit for him and that's going to maximize Watson's and frankly Amari Cooper's skill set. So what does this offense look like next season with Deshaun Watson at the helm and and how much different will it be from the offense we saw Baker Mayfield run for the last year? Well, a lot of what's going to change is personnel and and that's that is a product of what they had. Um the Browns aren't stupid. They weren't playing three tight ends because they thought they had the three greatest tight ends in the NFL, or they, they were just stubborn in running the offense. They thought those were, they, they put the 11 best guys on the field. We can quibble on, on certain elements of that, like maybe Kareem Hunt should have been on the field more. I know he, you know, he missed nine games, but I, I would argue that you know, he and Chubb should be on the field at the same time more. But in general, the Browns didn't play a whole lot of receivers on the field because they didn't feel like they were very good at wide receiver. Uh, now – with Amari Cooper, and they're not done yet. Um, and Donovan Peoples-Jones is developing, and, and presumably they're going to sign one more guy, maybe Will Fuller, uh, maybe drafting another guy. They're going to run more receivers out there. Uh, they're also going to be more inclined to use their quarterback's legs. I mean, the, the most dominant offenses in the league right now are teams that play 11-on-11 football. Um, Buffalo, obviously, a huge thing with Josh Allen, being able to take advantage of him, where – you know, a big part of some of their playoff success was just him just carrying the ball because he's 240 pounds and can just run through people. Uh, but that's going to be a factor. You, you, use, you use his his threat of his legs. You use some of his mobility to put more pressure on the defense. You use that to create some spacing. Spacing has been a massive problem for the Browns for various reasons, not limited to Mayfield. But uh, those are going to be major changes. Certainly passing is going to be a bigger a bigger part of it, but I think that's going to be – um, not you know not just a reflection of Watson. I think the, the Browns are going to have to rely on the run game in, in some of these because if we do get to a point where Watson's missing six games or eight games, I don't expect they're going to air it out with Jacoby Brissett. So they, the biggest thing they want to be able to do is give themselves every option and go into every game and look at the matchups and say this is what we can do. Kevin Stefanski's largely operated as sort of a take what the defense is giving you type of thing rather than trying to force anything. Uh, I don't expect that part of his, him to change. Uh, the, the Watson aspect gives you more openings to do that, more opportunities to just throw the ball and, and you know, do, make more explosive plays because you have him as, a, as the guy throwing the ball. But I think ultimately they're still going to be – approach the game the same way they have been. They're more interested in efficiency than than targets. Pete Smith here on the West Her Hotline. Pete covers the Cleveland Browns and is the editor of uh, SI's Cleveland Browns page. So, listen, Pete, I I do want to 
I, I don't want to just sit here and talk about Deshaun Watson, although I'm sure you'll be doing that for the next several months, so I, there, there'll be no shortage of those topics for you. But I do want to ask you, and sincerely, about what is next for Baker Mayfield, because this looks like a team, and, and from the outside looking in, if I'm thinking this, I'm sure other NFL franchises are also thinking this, but it doesn't really appear to me, Pete, that when you look at uh, – did we lose Pete? Okay, so I, I, sh- I should stop asking the question so he can actually hear it. Okay. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, and I think we've got Pete back. Pete, do I have you back? Yep. Okay, good. I'll stop. I, I was asking a question, so I, I guess I'll start over by asking, and this is all going to be based around Baker Mayfield, Pete, so you know, no, no, don't hold the punches here, but what is next for Baker Mayfield? Because from the outside looking in, and if I'm thinking this way, I'm sure other NFL franchises are thinking this way, the Browns don't have a lot of leverage. Um, they don't want him on the roster. He doesn't want to be there. That doesn't really, you know, that doesn't equal or equate a, a great situation to get value back for this player. He's got $18 million, and although that seems to be a talking point about why he won't be moved, that would be like one of the least, uh, that, that, that's bottom five for starting caliber quarterback money in the league. So I don't really buy that the $18 million is stopping teams from trading for him. I, I, I just think that most teams know that the Browns are not in a position of leverage. So what happens to Baker Mayfield? If you were a betting man, and I asked you today, you know, put down $100 on which team you think Baker Mayfield is playing for next year. It doesn't mean he's starting, but playing for next year. Who's that team? Uh, Seattle. Uh, I think he ends mm. up with the Seahawks ultimately. Um, not only did they really like him in, in the 2018 draft, his personality seems like a perfect fit for Pete Carroll and the type of players he's had success with. Um, there's just a lot of reasons that I think makes sense for for what they want to do uh, and, and and where they're going from here. You know, maybe they're they're content enough with Drew Locke to draft somebody with him, um, and and that may be ultimately what this waits on. Um, you know, the Browns have looked at this. They are budgeting around Baker Mayfield's money, so they can operate without any issue. So they've got you know they've got like twenty two million dollars available to them. They're going to get another seven and a half in June for Austin Hooper's contract. So they've got around thirty million to play with if they want. You know, so they can wait on Mayfield, and if that waits till the draft, they're okay. If that waits till July and August, they're okay. The only situation that doesn't work for them is holding on to him, or uh, I mean, I guess theoretically they, holding on to him makes more sense than cutting him. Uh, they're not going to eat that money. But whether it's the team finally decides they need to pony up and get this done because they, their, their options have dwindled, whether they went th- through the draft and couldn't get one of the top guys or whatever, if somebody were to get hurt, any number of options, suddenly $18.8 million probably isn't a big deal, especially when Deshaun Watson's going to get $54 million next year. Um, and then the deal gets done. The only question really is what does that look like right now um, in terms of, you know, the Browns are a little over uh, two weeks away from their uh, opening of uh, their offseason program. You know, I don't expect Mayfield to be there. Uh, I wouldn't expect him to be there, you know, at mandatory minicamp. Maybe he, maybe that changes. Uh, but, you know, they, they, they can't close the door on it because if they have to keep him – He's certainly better than Brissett. Um, if they have to play him for six, six to eight games that year, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But ultimately, I think this deal does get done. Seahawks, Seahawks make the most sense, but even a team like the Lions could make sense. And mm. then there's teams like 
the Tennessee, you know, John Dorsey's with the Lions who drafted Mayfield. And then there's teams sitting there like Tennessee and Tampa. And while you look at those teams and you go, yeah, they have Tom Brady, they're fine. Or they have Ryan Tannehill, they're fine. Are they, where are they at next year? What, what does that look like? And are they, are they going to essentially play it out, hope he gets cut, and then try to get him? Or have him play out that final year with somebody else and then try to get him? Or are they going to go in a different direction? But for some of those teams, and Tennessee stands out and, because they're a team that hasn't won anything yet, um, I don't think they want to just go in with no plan and no Tannehill after this year. So maybe they need to pull the trigger and try to get a, 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 someone like Mayfield. But there are a number of teams out there that are sitting there, and, and leverage is the name of the game. That's why the, the, yep. the Browns are able to get Amari Cooper for a fifth. Um, certainly Amari Cooper is better than a fifth-round pick. So that's what this boils down to. Baker Mayfield has undoubtedly not helped himself in certain respects, but I think he, you know, Mayfield is being sort of unnecessarily torn down because he's, he's an easy target. Sure. And, uh, you know, doesn't do himself any favors. But, but ultimately, this, this comes down to teams don't want to have to pay something, pay, give up something they, they don't want, have to in order to get a player. And that's, you know, that's ultimately where this is going to go. So, Pete, last thing for you, um, just kind of about – you mentioned the Detroit Lions, and I, the Dorsey connection has made sense. I have felt like the Lions have made sense for just about any quarterback that's available because of – a the flexibility that team's going to have under the cap on the next com- on the next coming years. They they're going to be a team that in back to back years are drafting in the top three, and I think they more or less have a coach that's. <laughs> I say Dan Campbell was a punchline for me going into last offseason. I think players around the league actually like him a lot. I think there's te- I think players would play and will play for Dan Campbell. I think he got more out of that Lions team than Matt Patricia ever could have dreamed of getting out of that team. So. Uh, the Lions are a sneaky, interesting team to bring up in this conversation. But in your estimation, like I, I asked you to put a hundred dollars on which team, and I like Tennessee in this in this concept as well. What do you believe ends up if I gave you two options? What's more likely? The same route they go with Odell Beckham Jr., which is to essentially agree to a pay cut and then ultimately releasing him outright so that that dead cap hit isn't a full 100% $18.8 million or whatever that cap hit is. And maybe it's a reduced cap hit for a mutual uh, parting ways. Or do you believe he gets traded? Like, Which of those two options do you think are more likely for Baker Mayfield and the Browns at this point? I 100% believe he's going to get traded. Um, the Browns, I, I think the Browns' whole thought process here is they're going to take the money that Baker Mayfield is going to get paid and roll it over into next year to help them get more flexibility, to add more tools, uh, to add more players, add more weapons around uh, Watson in a year where they, at that point, presumably will be past any suspension talk. Who knows? That might change. But then they really feel like they're contending. Um, so that is the one thing they'll, they will – Find a way to move him somehow. Uh, you know, could they end up giving a pick up to do it? I guess it's possible, but more than likely, somebody's going to give up something, and that's all that it's really going to take to get to, to to get this done because it's just beneficial for everyone at that point. I bet this probably happens, Pete, after the draft. Nothing good uh, happens typically in the weeks prior to the NFL draft, and uh, and and not only that, it, it it's probably one of those things too. I'm, I'm sure teams are hyper uh, hyper aware of the compensatory pick formula. Although maybe I don't want to give John Snyder that much credit. Yeah, look, <laughs> John, I, I, he's not been good with. With trades, he's not been good with draft picks. Uh, you know, w- 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 I don't know 
his ability to negotiate at this point. So yeah, right. we'll see what they do, but I think ultimately that's where we're going to end up. Pete, thanks so much, man. As always, tell the folks where they can find you on Twitter, where they can find your work, what you got coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, you can find me at uh, underscore Pete Smith underscore on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at, at Browns Digest. Uh, and look, the Browns, right now, the Browns have a ton of work to do still in free agency. So mm. they're still trying to plot away. So that's going to be the big thing up, leading up to the draft. They need three starting defensive linemen, uh, another safety, and probably another receiver. Awesome, man. Well, thanks again. Appreciate you. Enjoy your weekend, and uh, we'll chat again soon. Thanks again. Thanks, buddy. Pete Smith there on the Western Hotline. I'm going to take a timeout. On the other side, we're replaying for you the ceremony from last night. If you missed it, you won't want to miss it. It's up next here on WG. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday. I wanted an opportunity to play for you, a replay for you, yesterday's banner ceremony for Rick Jenneret. I know a lot of folks that were watching the national broadcast kind of got blacked out for the beginning portion of the ceremony and just got the face-off. So we're going to replay that ceremony for you right now.
asked me, you know, when did you plan to do that? I said, plan? The guy hadn't scored in 18 games. How did I know he was going to score? Go down to the ice now, and master of ceremonies for this will be Brian Duff. In the history of the Buffalo Sabres, the city of Buffalo, and Rick Jenneret. Since 1971, Rick's unmistakable voice has served as the backdrop for the greatest moments in Buffalo Sabres history. Tonight, he gets his moment. Here to celebrate RJ, we have owners Terry and Kim Pagula, along with Sabres GM Kevin Adams, Rick's broadcast partners who were witness to history, including the family of the late Ted Darling, players lucky enough to have had their names accentuated by Rick's iconic voice, and all of you, the fans, we are all here because of this true, one-of-a-kind, Mr. Rick Jenneret. And at this time right now, they have turned down the lights down by the Zamboni entrance, and Rick is walking out, waving to the crowd, and everybody on their feet right now as he is making his way towards the podium area. I would say there are a good, let's see, about maybe 15 or 20 Sabres alums down at ice level right now as well. Terry and Kim Pagula are there and are now greeting Rick with a handshake. And Rick will be a part of this ceremony here in just one moment as Terry Pagula is about to take the microphone. Another huge ovation for Rick, and he definitely seems as if the moment uh, has gotten to him there. You can see just from uh, my vantage point, he is definitely enjoying this moment. It's got to be an emotional one for him, too. And now the chants are continuing even more for RJ. Applause just continues. Owner Terry Pagula waiting for them to stop, and I think uh, he's being told that he can go ahead and speak now. 
which is going to be a challenge. The crowd now getting even more loud for Rick. And they've now got a close-up on him up on the Jumbotron. And you can see that Rick is uh, definitely taken back by the moment. He's telling Terry Pagula to go ahead and start, but the, the crowd will just not let him. Every seat looks to be full as I lean down here over the press box and look down at the 300 level. Every single seat is filled. Really, really cool sight right now. And now <laughs> Terry Pagula gestures back towards Rick, and they get even louder. And now the Sabre players are even shown on the Jumbotron. They're all tapping their sticks. They are uh, taking in the to, ceremony as well. Now here's Terry Pagula. I'm supposed to say something about Rick, but I think the crowd just said it all. Rick, in 1971, you started your long journey with the Buffalo Sabres organization. I was a sophomore in college in 1971. I remember sitting on an overpass north of Pittsburgh, listening to your voice on the radio. Uh, I can tell you this, Rick. You are a big part of why I have become a Buffalo Sabres fan, and I will remember that for a long time. I used to sit up there. So thank you, Rick. I'm going to cut my talk short because the ovation was so great. And keep loving them. More from RJ's banner-raising ceremony live from KeyBank Center yesterday. That's coming up next year on WGR. All right, more in our final segment here from yesterday's banner-raising ceremony for the great Rick Jenneret. It's Sabres owner Terry Pagula, and he comes over and gives Rick a big hug. Back to the video board now. We'll get uh, more For most sports now. fans, Danny it's Gare what they've seen this video. that stays with them. The replay in their minds. But not in Buffalo. In this town, the triumphant moments, the unforgettable excitement. But did that really just happen? Ecstasy? It's all tied to what we heard. Hockey in Buffalo became art on a spoken canvas. pretty sweet moment to, to be a part of. When I hear his call, I still get chills. You reaffirmed our faith and turned a simple rhyme into a Christmas. I'm identified by that one moment. The day I die, they're going to play the Rick Jenneret's voice and call, and everybody will smile, and they'll toast Rick Jenneret because it's unbelievable. No, there's no one else who could have told our story quite like you. Rick we genuinely get excited and his face would get red and you could just hear the anticipation building he could ramp up into a fever and all of a sudden the call comes it's exciting it's addictive he made a game so exciting that you couldn't turn it off he has the ability to take the magnificent and turn it timeless every fan every player in the arena knows the moment isn't complete until they discover your call 
and listen to his call, and the excitement's always there. It's the passion, the spontaneity, the joy, the goosebumps, the humor, and the countless YouTube searches. There's the top 10 RJ calls, and I made it onto a couple of them. And I remember sending it to all my friends. Just the way he calls it, it's going to be a memory in their mind forever. You know, those are the best times of, of my life. But really, it's the man, the beating heart of Sabres hockey. The minute that headset goes on, he's there. He sounds like he's 30 years old again. It's always the same. A big smiling face staring at you. They broke the mold, man. He's the guy. RJ is, to the truest sense of the word, one of a kind. He is every bit the Sabre of all time. And he said, this building is bedlam. And he was the happiest ever. He feels like it's home. Your name will hang in the rafters. Top shelf, of course. But your voice will echo forever. And now, as RJ has done so many times, we welcome in former Sabre and his 15-year broadcast partner, Rob Ray. RJ has been great for Sabres hockey. His calls are legendary. As his TV partner, he took me under his wing and showed me the ropes of broadcasting. Then after countless nights on the road, at dive bars, bowling alleys, racetracks, we became good friends. RJ, thank you for your friendship, your mentorship, and for making the plays that we made on the ice live forever through your one-of-a-kind calls. I speak for all Buffalo Sabres alumni when I say, you deserve to be in the rafters as much as anyone who ever wore the uniform. You are one of us. You are the Buffalo Sabres. Now let's see the banner. This is the only job I ever wanted. And this is the only place I ever wanted to be. Hello, Suki, Welcome to the microphone, Rick Jenneretz. I stood.
I stood down here 10 years ago upon my induction into the Sabres Hall of Fame along with the late Dale Howarchuk. And I remember saying that night, this is the only job I ever wanted. This is the only place I ever wanted to be. I meant every word. I meant every word on that particular night. And boy, do I mean it now. I, I have so many to thank that I'll pare the list down because we'd be here another 51 years if I went through them all. My wife, Sandra, a.k.a. Cupcake, right at the top. Not only for putting up with me, but also for steering me through some rather tough medical hurdles over the last decade. And also aided and abetted by a great medical team led by Dr. Tom Laurie at ECMC. Also, my kids. Chris, Mark, and Shelley, and all the grand brats they begat. <laughs> Although I guess I've got to stop calling them that now. They're getting too darn big. To my broadcast partners of today and yesterday, they're all out here. And may I also mention, please, the late Ted Darling and the late Pat Hannigan. To the guys and gals who are in the TV truck and behind the cameras and working all around the arena on every night that I should work, and they're challenged with the task of trying to make, you know, look beautiful. Good luck, guys. Good luck to you. And to Rob Ray, who can, well, you know, we've had some good times. We really have. Uh, we've had some fun times, tossing it all back and forth, but now I find out he can't wait for me to get out the door because he wants my parking spot. <laughs> and tonight he can't talk back. Yes! <laughs> to the 547 players who have worn the Sabres jersey and to the enemy who have not. Yes. Shortly after I started this gig, about a half a century ago, Neil Diamond wrote and recorded the song called Beautiful right, Brian Coles, you're here. We're going to pause 10 seconds for station identification right here on the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Sports Radio 550 WGR Buffalo and WKSE HD2 Niagara Falls Buffalo 98.5 FM. An Odyssey station. Brian Coles, you'll back here downtown at KeyBank Center. We want to welcome in all of our affiliate stations to the broadcast here just after 7 o'clock. We are carrying the Rick Jenneret retirement ceremony here live on the air. We're going to take you down to the ice where RJ is speaking. From you and your moms and dads and your grandmas and grandpas and even some great grandmas and great grandparents. I've met many of you, many. The noise you and all the others have created is like my lullaby. I find it very soothing. And so how do I acknowledge the hundreds of thousands of people who have gone through the doors at the Odd and here at Key Bank Center? How do I acknowledge that now it must be millions listening and watching over the last 51 years? 
Well, I'll tell you how much I appreciate your beautiful noise. I would say this to you. I have only three words, just three. I love you. All right, this has been another edition of Sports Talk Saturday. Thanks for hanging out with us today, and thanks to my guest, Matthew Paris, who covers the Commanders. Thanks to Evan Lazar of the Patriots, and, of course, Pete Smith, who covers the Cleveland Browns. For me, Nate Geary, Zach Jones, we appreciate you listening uh, here on WGR. If you missed anything, you of course, you could go to WGR550.com, on-demand audio. You know the rest. So for me, Nate Geary, Zach Jones, we appreciate you here on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.